2: Connect to more. I don't know, but I've been told. A big woman got no soul.
0: Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome in. You're listening to Nuanez Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports every single day. Around the Treasure State right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television like he does every Wednesday, sports director from SWX I can't even talk today, Rain Man. We're already off to a resounding start, 25 seconds in. <laughs> Sean, you already know, he's the uh, sports director at SWX Montana Television. He joins me each and every Wednesday right here on Nuwana is now. And uh, we're broadcasting live from the ESPN studios. It's been a fun week. We pulled off a remote in Bozeman. <laughs> that I didn't know if it was going to work, and then it did work. And that was uh, definitely a great breakthrough for us. We'll be able to bring you more statewide broadcasts as things uh, continue to evolve here in our uh, ever-changing society. But shout-out to the guys in the back, Reese and Tommy. They hooked it up and got it done for us. If you want to listen anywhere in the world, you can. We can broadcast from anywhere in the world now, so you can listen anywhere in the world just like you always have been able to just by going to 1029ESPN.com. There, Click on the Listen Live button. You'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Big show again today. Had a pretty fascinating Zoom call with Travis DeCure earlier today. Um, He addressed Michael Stedman's transfer without directly addressing Michael Stedman. Uh, But it actually turned into a fascinating uh, analysis of the state of college basketball basically we weren't really expecting it it turned into like this 25 minute great conversation so we'll share that for you here right off the top here just in a couple seconds we're also got some trivia got some wings from the desperado sports tavern and grill like we do each and every wednesday is a week at wednesday we're going to talk potential off-season moves in the nfl and which moves could potentially uh, resonate around the league the most and then top of the hour as we do every Wednesday, ESPN Roundtable. And we uh, have a great ESPN Roundtable this week with Shante Leggins. He's the head basketball coach for the Eastern Washington Eagles. His team hosts Montana tomorrow night, and then they're in Missoula on Saturday. That's so what we'll catch up with Shante, And then we actually honestly got around to actually asking Travis Secure about the games as well against the Eagles. So at about 5.30, Coach Secure come back with us and actually talk some, some hoops as well. Rain Man, what's up on a Wednesday? How you doing?
1: I am doing uh, fantastic, you know. Um, didn't get much sleep last night. My Ooh. my son woke up at one, two, and at three. Nice. Had some nightmares. So then slept with me. So which means I got no sleep. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like you said, had a very um, unexpected but great um, conversation with Coach DeCure on the on the call today, and uh, just been busy. So sometimes busy is good, you know. It just keeps it uh, keeps you going. So you, you can't don't have any lulls to get tired you
0: know you mentioned today when we were doing the zoom with travis that they had about five zoom calls today. what do you got cooking what's going on at swx montana this week
1: yeah just got a bunch of working on a bunch of stuff uh we're we got a lot of games on swx this week including both of the uh eastern and montana games so that's going to be fun obviously our main partners and the, the originators of swx is out of spokane at sure. HQ. so they're going to be Bringing us the game um, in Eastern on Thursday, and then I'm going to be on the call for the game on Saturday. Also, um, bringing some frontier games on uh, over the weekend on Sunday as well. So, um, and then tonight, doing a little uh, Grizz Jeopardy. Um, once the guys get into Tachini and they have dinner, after that we're going to sit down and three of them are going to be the three contestants on Jeopardy, and we're going to do a little Jeopardy Zoom. So we'll have that um, next week. Um, we'll probably put that together. So those are kind of the, the things that we're you know we're working on right now. So a couple fun.
0: quick hitting pieces of news that'll be pertinent and of interest to all of our listeners around the around the great state of Montana. First of all, Montana Tech, Montana Western opted out of the spring football season. Uh, so. I actually don't know what that means because they straight opted out, and there was actually some rumors that maybe the Montana schools, Montana Montana State would play some frontier schools, so I don't know if that means Western and Tech would be out. I thought Western would be kind of a natural fit for uh, Montana State just because they have a lot of Western ties on their staff. I mean, Brian Armstrong, BJ Robertson, they went to Western, and obviously, the star player of the Bobcats is Troy Anderson. He's from Dillon, so seemed like a natural crossover I think, there.
1: I think Western said that they are still going to have some spring practices. They, they and are, stuff, but okay. Tech was going to wait till the end of the semester. Interesting. So they're not going to do you know as much this spring.
0: Interesting. So we'll see. Uh, but th- that could just remove a couple potential opponents. But uh, not surprising that those schools are doing that. I mean, I think that. I mean, I can't imagine that Montana State Northern is not f- close behind. It was negative 61 in Havre the other day. How you going p- prepare for a exactly. spring football season? You, you're going to die if you go outside in that. So uh, I wonder if there's going to be more dominoes in the frontier. The other big piece of news today, the Big Sky Conference approved the 2020 football schedule for the league games will be played in 2021. So all the fall schedule, you can keep your non-conference you had on the docket. So, for example, the Grizz will still open at Washington. The Cats will still open at Wyoming but the schedule that was for last fall for the league play will now be played this next fall. That's super impactful for us around here because if it was going to move to what the 2021 schedule was, the Cat game was going to be back in Bozeman. And that was going to basically make so- Missoula have a drought of not having the Cat game from 2018 through 2022 and it was a concern. I mean, I I'll, part of my job at Missoula Broadcasting Company here is is doing ad sales, and a lot of my clients are people that are downtown, and they were very, very concerned about losing another CAC Riz weekend. So, just from an economic standpoint, you can talk about fairness and whatever you want to talk about, but the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of places in both Missoula and Bozeman that rely heavily on that. It's a big weekend economically, so uh, I'm ha- I'm happy the big C I made the decision because I do think that it's it's. It's what Missoula right now definitely needs. Well, what did you think of the Big Sky uh, keeping the schedule from last season?
1: Well, like you said, there's just so much riding on it, and then that game is obviously. I mean, I'm trying to think of how many other games you would have to like stack up as far as to make it as as equal of importance as that one game alone in the Big Sky Conference that that year. You know, so I think I could I could almost see like that game and that whole decision almost being the driving force and just keeping the the big sky conference schedules the same you know what i mean for sure like no, for that sure. game alone is like well we can't mess with that so let's just keep all the schedules the same and just keep it easy yeah for
0: sure And i think the fact that they put in the the uh, logistics so you can keep your 2021 non-conference so then schools can keep their money games as well so that would be an interesting deal for like Montana, for example, because they're probably gonna get paid upwards of seven hundred plus thousand dollars to play Washington and then also get the cat game at home. A lot of times when the Montana schools, when they know that they're on the road for the Kakeriz game, that's when they add a money game because they know they're not going to get that big gate at the end of the year. So they, they, you know, try to make some bucks on the front end, but now both teams play money games to start the season and both teams. Uh, well, then I guess then Missoula will host the Kakeriz game in November. So that'll be definitely fun. We got to get to this cause this is a pretty long uh, interview here, but a really good one. So Travis DeCure, he addressed the media earlier today and, uh, before we got into Eastern Washington, he basically just started with a statement that turned into a conversation. Travis DeCure.
3: Here, before we even go into the, the Eastern Washington, I'll, I'll do this. Um, I'll address the elephant in the room because I know that's really what you guys want to know about. You don't really, you're really, you not too worried about the Eastern Washington game. You want to know about Michael Steadman. Um, I'll give you this. And you guys know me. All team business always stays in the locker room with me. I'll uh, never be one to comment about a, kid's, a young man's experience um, unless it's all positive and it ends positive, right? Um, their futures are important to me whether they finish their career here or not. Their futures are always going to be important to me. And all statements will be representative of that. But I'll share this with you. There's 171 players in the portal, Division One players in the portal right now. And it's February. There are a number of those kids that are in the portal and still playing on the team that they're leaving. That 171 represents almost half of the division one basketball teams in the country. Uh, so, you know, there's two things I think that, that jump out that play a role in the state of college basketball and, and transferring one is it's basically open free agency with. The portal. And now the automatic eligibility with a waiver. And when you see. The transfers at the NBA level. When you see the transfers at the high major level. That have allowed guys to make. Decisions midseason that they don't want to be a part of something anymore. And obviously in the NBA could be playing for another team 24 hours later uh, at the college level, be playing for another team the next season, and there's no sense of accountability. It's easy to quit. And in my opinion, the way things go, they're almost encouraged to move on when things aren't going the way they want. So there's that piece. I I, I think the University of Montana falls into a category um, that a small percentage of college basketball programs fall into that's expected to compete for championships, um, high level of support emotionally, financially, um, and, and then there's a level of individual expectation that comes with being here. When you have those types of expectations, There's a standard that you're waking up to every day. It's hard if you're not built. If you haven't experienced that earlier in your life before you get here, you have to learn how to become that person. You have to learn how to train, uh, motivate yourself and handle adversity. In the face of a program that is on the front page of the newspaper and often uh, the opening statement to the news. Whether that's TV, whether that's radio, uh, whether that's Twitter or any other social media. And it's something that most of these young men have never experienced before coming here. The few that have, Donovan Dorsey and Mar Rory, came from Pac-Till of programs that have won championships. The rest either transferred laterally or up. And 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 sometimes up might be coming from a, a, a larger, more competitive conference Um, and you could put quotations on that but maybe a losing program and so this is very difficult for a lot of people and it's not for everyone. We tell every kid that we recruit this isn't for everyone Um, and and it's probably harder for a kid transferring in than it is for a high school kid um, to have success here and be okay with the process because a lot of times when guys are transferring they're running from something. Something didn't work out, and they're looking for immediate gratitude, gratification. And that's not necessarily going to happen when you come to a program that recruits high school kids at a high level like we do. And I think it's very difficult for juniors and seniors to transfer in and compete with freshmen and sophomores and sometimes find themselves sharing roles that they want. Therefore, you've seen some guys come here and not be successful. And you see the same thing nationally. And, and, and I wouldn't say not be successful from my regard. I, I think that if you're playing a large role on a good basketball team, that is success. If you're graduating from college and staying out of trouble and moving forward um, as someone that will contribute to society and be a positive example to people from your community, your family, that is success. But it's unfortunate that the exposure, um, the following, um, the expectation that comes with college basketball these days has made it very difficult for a young men to see success as anything other than being an all-conference player and playing professional for money. And when the light at the end of the tunnel is a little dimmer than they may have expected, some bail out. And it's just unfortunate that we've we've had a couple of those here in our in our time, um, but we've won we've won championships with that happening, and we expect to continue to do the same. So I'm not going to make any statements about any individuals. Um, obviously, some some young men started off here that aren't here now, um, but I, I think that when you look at track record, um, you you knew that there was a little bit of a gamble. Um, in the process because it was in their history. You're listening to Nuanas
0: now on one oh two nine ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Sean Rainey, co-hosting with me today from SWX Montana Television. And you're listening to an interview from earlier today with University of Montana men's basketball coach Travis DeCier, talking about the phenomenon of transfers throughout Division One Men's Basketball. I want to ask you about that concept of, of making it easy for kids to quit, because I talked to, to coaches at every level of sports now. And it seems like it's this um, almost the epidemic, right, where we're making it easy for guys to walk away. And I'm part of sports, it seems to me, is learning how to go through the adversity, learning how to lose, learning that maybe sometimes things don't work out. Your way. So, I mean, as a coach and a a mentor, what do you think of that? I mean, it seems like it's very frustrating for guys in your position that it is so easy for guys to just, you know, move on to the next greener pasture.
3: It's changed a lot, and and it's not just the athlete. You know, it's musical chairs with coaches too. Coaches getting fired in a short period of time with not a lot of time to develop a program. Uh, Coaches jumping from one job to the next as quickly as possible chasing money or running from the posse um and 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 so I, I think that that played a role in it in in the past The young men were making commitments to coaching staffs and when those coaches left kids were moving that's changed um there was a time when I was at Cal when we evaluated a transcript, I tossed transcripts that had more than one high school on it. On occasion, there might have been a kid that was a high school kid, senior year, went to prep, um, you know, to to play at a higher level or to continue with his development. Maybe he was at a program that just wasn't helping him with that or, or academic growth, but it had only changed one time. Uh, The transfers that we took, um, we didn't have any at Old Dominion, but at University of California, they had only changed schools one time. Whether that was in high school or in college, it was one change. And that was different. Now it's gotten to a point where it's very difficult to find a transcript that has the same high school. And it's very difficult to find a transfer that hasn't changed in high school and in college. Um, and and it, it's just becoming the norm to move on when things aren't going your way. Um, and, and, and it's very difficult to, to manage because if you don't, if you say that you're not going to take those kids, you're going to have a hard time fielding a talented team because they're hard to find even at the high school level. And so you just got to research and dig in and hope that this is the last change. Um, and, and all of the kids that we brought in, the young men we brought in, I think are, 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 are good people. And I think that they had the right intent when they came. Um, I just think that this is a very difficult place. When you want to be an all conference player, when you want to be somewhere where they expect to win, the pressure to succeed here is higher than most mid-major programs and most high-major programs in the country. And they think they want this. They think they wanna be somewhere where there is no professional sport and you're the only show in town. But until you get here, it's difficult. Same thing with football. Same thing with women, it's basketball. Um, You know, when they say they wanna go play in front of thousands of fans, it's one thing to want it. It's another thing to be expected to perform in front of those groups. And and so I, I just think there's a lot of things that play a role into decisions that these young men and women are making. Um, and I just don't think there's a lot of people that are telling them to stay put and write it out and trust the process. And so therefore they move. You're listening to Nuanas Now on 102.9
0: ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuwanez, Sean Rainey, co-hosting with me today from SWX Montana Television. And you're listening to an interview from earlier today with University of Montana men's basketball coach Travis DeCure talking about the phenomenon of transfers throughout Division I men's basketball. I have one other question on this concept because I talked to Coach Ray about this last week on my show. Yeah, he was kind of saying, you're damned if you do it, you're damned if you don't. But you have to play the game because that's the way that the game is going when it comes to the transfers. You look at Weber, right? I mean, they recruited a whole new starting lineup from the portal, basically. So what do you think of the impact it's having on the big sky? Because, I mean, right now you have multiple teams in the league that are competitive teams that are made up almost exclusively of transfers.
3: Um, There was a trend a while back where, you know, some of the championship teams had transfers one or two that they were fielding and and were their better teams. Northern Colorado made their move when they brought in a a couple good pieces and then it gave time to those sophomores and juniors that became future um, first team all-conference and player of the year candidates to develop, right? Radabaugh was given time as a role player for two to three years before the ball was put in his hands to develop and, and, and bringing the transfer in created that opportunity. And fortunately, as a high school basketball recruit, he was patient. And he allowed the process to happen. And and so if you get the right combination, it works. You know, I, I, I think if you look at Larry Kostowiak, Randy Ray, those are coaches that do it the right way. And, and they're, they're, they're bringing in high school kids and on occasion a junior college transfer or something like that. And, and they've had kids leave. And, and maybe doing it the right way is harder. Right? If I want you to get up in the morning and go to class every day, I want you to act a certain way in certain situations. Um, I want you to be about the program and about the team and about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. That's hard for a lot of guys that have never been asked to do that. And those are just examples that I'm familiar with, but those guys have had a lot of change. Are they supposed to change who they are as coaches? Or do they just continue to look under rocks and find the right kids? I think they continue to look under rocks. Um, You know, Randy's evolved a little bit this year with some transfers. I don't know that that's just the way he's going to go moving forward. Um, But it's worked out for him up to this point. Um, But he's had some transfers that didn't work out. And and, and so I've always said to finish first, it takes a lot of luck, whether that's physical health, mental health, or the right group that's about the right things chemistry-wise. And with the pandemic, chemistry's not built. This is not a year to build chemistry. These guys, they're not spending any time together. They're not spending time with us. They're not coming to our homes and eating. They're not, there's just a lot of things that aren't taking place that normally would would bring a team together, much less just get through the year. And this is a get through the year situation. um, that's very difficult. And you've seen it, you've seen it at a high level. There's some coaches that have basically come out and made some statements about their players and bench guys and suspended guys And basically come out and just say, hey, his head's not right. He's not in the right place. He's not about the right things. I don't do that. I just write it out. And if they don't want to be here, they don't want to be here. We just keep moving forward. But we've had all-conference players walk away and win a championship.
0: You're listening to Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter nuana Sean Rainey, co-hosting with me today from SWX Montana Television. And you're listening to an interview from earlier today with University of Montana men's basketball coach Travis DeKear talking about the phenomenon of transfers throughout Division One men's basketball.
1: Does everything that you mentioned with the changing landscape of transfers and everything, does that make you reevaluate how you attack that moving forward
3: no no um, I've always I've always believed that a championship program is built around high school recruits and an occasional transfer here and there to to fill voids is necessary because it's hard to have young men be patient enough to wait their turn. We had two kids that were playing 15 minutes a game on potential championship teams and one on the championship team. They didn't wanna wait till their sophomore year to get to 20 to 25 minutes. And when that happens, they need to be replaced by probably someone that has some experience, um, whether that's junior college or, or at the college level, because you're not gonna replace that kid in April you're not going to get a high school kid that can play 15, 20 minutes a game for you and contribute to a championship in April. A kid's not out there. He signed with someone in November. Or the ones that are available are going at a very high level. And so you just have to you you have to hope that maybe a couple kids that are transfers or kids that you've recruited in the past or come from high school or AU programs that you've had success with. Um, I have been coached by coaches that understand what you're about as a program, as a coach, and support you. And when you're fortunate to get that, you'll be successful. And that's what Ahmad Rory and Donovan Dorsey were. They came from places that understood us. Their high school coaches, their college coaches, their AAU coaches were all people that understood me and had been down this road with me. Um... And I think that that's important. If you have an opportunity to 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 bring those guys in, and we they're just you know Oregon, Washington haven't had those guys for us in the last couple of years. And you know with with Romar moving on, it's a different process from Washington. Um, Oregon hasn't really had as many transfers that have transferred down, um, with the exception of one that went to Pepperdine a couple years ago. Um, and, and so it's just been a little different landscape, but like I said, that's all up. You, you can't just sit back and go, Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for Washington and have a guy for me or work and have a guy for me. It's not going to happen that way. Kids are going to go in the portal. You're going to see what's in there. You're going to cipher through it. And if you decide to take one or two, you're just going to hope it works out. The reality is, is those guys need to be good enough and contribute enough at a high level to be happy. You're listening to Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN
0: Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuwanez, Sean Rainey, co-hosting with me today from SWX Montana Television. And you're listening to an interview from earlier today with University of Montana men's basketball coach Travis DeCure talking about the phenomenon of transfers throughout Division One men's basketball.
1: Moving forward, um, how excited are you or, and what are you looking forward to as far as a, you know, maybe more minutes from a Mac Anderson or, or lineups with a, you know, Bannon, Owens, Carter Hollinger together? You know, what, what do you, you know, expect to, to fill those shoes and, and what are you excited to see
3: in, in that regard? Haven't some of those shoes already been filled? Yeah. Okay. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing. Grind. Um, improve. Improve. Stick together, hang in there together, um, love one another in the locker room, support one another on the court, and live with the results. and And wake up the next day and fight the fight again, and reevaluate where we're at from day to day. But I, I think there's some young guys that have been playing a lot better. I think you know Max, an example of someone that's just hung in there and stay committed to the program and the process and When his opportunities arrive he gives us what he's got and and sometimes he's played well and sometimes he hasn't and the best thing about it is it hasn't changed his attitude when he's played well or he hasn't and i i think his teammates have supported him through the roller coaster ride and that's what makes this this sport fun and and that's really what athletics is about is the trials and tribulations um that come and go, and the stories that you can tell after the fact about how you prospered through that. And whether that's currently as 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 a student athlete or when your career is over, those stories are going to be, are going to play a major role in someone's life coming behind them. They don't know that. We tell them that, but they don't know that. But that day will come for all of them. Uh, as
0: you kind of go, as you kind of go forward, Travis. You know, um, it just seems like the players that you, like you mentioned. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure coming here. You know, if something happens, it's going to get covered. It's just how it is, kind of in this, you know, market. And you know, it seems like the players you guys have, you know, they're all, you know, pretty focused, driven individuals. So, as you approach a rivalry game like that, and news like this happens, is it hard to keep the team from distractions, or do they, you know, chug along kind of as normal?
3: Kyle, let me let me let me ask you a question. Okay. Was this news to you? Did this catch you off guard? To be honest, no, not really. Okay, So do you think it caught my team off guard?
1: Probably not, but it's just, I'm curious if it's a distraction that you have guys have to block out or if they just move forward as usual.
3: These things are never distractions because we always have these conversations. We talk about these things all the time and we're a family. So families have conversations about things that are difficult. And and so you know, when when you have adversity in your family, Kyle, you can look at your family members and have pretty good feel for how they're gonna react and how they're gonna handle that adversity. Would you say that? Yeah, I would say that. We're the same way. So um we, we've our guys have been prepared for opportunities, our guys have um, understood that this has been a very difficult year for everyone and we're going to make the most of every opportunity that we have and we know that the adversity is going to continue to come and we're prepared to fight through it and and so um i haven't seen anyone look back no one's walked in the office um with questions um we we had a short meeting no one had any questions no one we had a really good practice that day so uh, I think the team has moved on.
1: Do you think it could almost do almost do the opposite and and galvanize? It? I was listening to a podcast today talking about how they think Duke might take a step forward once Jalen Johnson kind of left, and because it kind of can can bring the team together, not really the op the the distraction part, almost kind of the opposite.
3: I don't think we've been distracted by it. Is my point though? Like I I don't. You know, we we've had some guys that it's been a rough year for. He's not the, the, the kid you're talking. He's not the only kid, the, the only man that has had a rough year. Our entire team has had a rough year. We we've we've had physical health issues, mental health issues. We've been locked in rooms, basically imprisoned for short periods of time with COVID. It's been a difficult year for these young men, and and so. That The the pandemic has been more difficult for them than wins and losses and the adversity that basketball presents. That's been the easiest part. And I honestly believe that that's really our issue. If if you really want to look dive into each of these guys individually and and where everyone is and all these things, they all have had some circumstances that they've never dealt with in their life, ever. And they're away from home and they don't have us to hug them. They can't come sit on my couch and have a meal and watch a football game or watch a basketball game to help them get through the adversity that they're going through. This is the first time in college athletics that none of these athletes have had that. And, and, And in all honesty, that's what's gotten all of these student athletes through it. Football, basketball, volleyball, hockey, whatever sport. All of these young men and women have had coaches' couches to go sit on and TVs to watch and hot food to eat and their families to engage with and get their mind off the things that have distracted and the things that have been difficult for them. They don't have it right now. So now you are seeing a result of young men and women that are on their own when they're not ready to be on their own.
0: So there you go. Poignant,
3: um,
0: articulate, and uh, also... Fueled by a little bit of emotion. I, I do think that we've been critical of the Montana men's basketball team on the show. And we're going to continue to analyze this upcoming matchup with Eastern Washington here at the top of the hour. Here from Shante Leggins from Eastern Washington as well as some more from Travis DeCure about the actual games his team are going to play. But I totally understand the the emotion behind Travis DeCure's position right now because... Um, it's not easy, man. It's been a hard year for everybody, but these guys... The men's basketball players across the country are operating under a completely different set of rules than almost anybody else in society, and it's, it's a really hard thing, man. When you talk about bringing kids a long way from home, particularly when they're young and they're freshmen, and a lot of times when they're coming to Missoula as minorities, it's a weird thing for these guys right now because they don't get to feel the love of Missoula. They don't get to go out and... You know, go to a party, meet some girls, you know, go out to eat with their buddies, all that stuff. They don't get to do any of it, and it's uh, it's definitely a frustrating situation. We we got to get out because we're up against it, but we'll continue to analyze this. But on the other side, we're going to ask each other some trivia questions, and we're going to give you a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's Nuana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television.
2: Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula.
0: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for cruising with us on a Wednesday. I'm Coulter Nuanas. You're listening to Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you want to get a hold of us, it's easy, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests, joined us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give away a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, not once but twice. It is a wing at Wednesday. We have uh, sort of altered the way that we're doing these giveaways because of the current state of affairs in the world, but we can just send you the card right to your front doorstep. So we we are uh, not really taking calls from listeners anymore for the trivia. We're just, in fact, entertaining you by trying to stump each other. But we do have... Not one but two baskets of wings. A dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. The best wings voted by you, the greater voting public in the city of Missoula. And all you got to do is right now give us a call, 361 3688. 361 3688. Caller number two. You got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Stay tuned because we'll be giving you a few more. We'll be giving you a dozen more wings here in just a little while. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television in studio with me, like he is every single Wednesday. I got trivia questions for you. You got a couple for me too.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm okay. Okay.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I will. I will start. These are all about NBA titles. We were playing a little trivia with my nephew Ellis over the weekend, and uh, so I got uh, got a couple good ones that I had stored up from from playing with my brother and his and his boys. Number one, two players in NBA history have won titles with three different NBA franchises. Can you name those two players? Robert Ory. Robert Ory's one.
1: Rockets, Spurs, Lakers. Rockets, Spurs, Lakers. You are correct. Uh, second one. Uh, like, you already got the hard one. LeBron. LeBron James. Yeah, I was like, wait, yeah, Miami, I, was, I, was like, I, I almost said James Jones first, just because yeah. like, I'm, I'm used to like the guys that kind of ride the coattails of the dudes. Sure, but yeah, LeBron.
0: LeBron James.
1: Okay, hey, we're off to a
0: good. Very start. good. Okay, this one's harder. Other than Bill Russell, who won 11 NBA titles, there's only one other player in NBA history that's won 10 titles. Who is that player? I'll give you a hint. He's Bill Russell's right-hand man for most of those titles. Um, he just passed away. Just passed away. He was also the coach for the Boston Celtics. Uh, after yeah, retirement, I, I, he was one of the first African-American head coaches in uh, NBA history.
1: Oh, I know it. the name's escaped
0: me. Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Okay, number three. How many titles did Lew cinder slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, same person, win in his NBA career?
1: Eight.
0: Six. Okay. He won uh, one with the Milwaukee Bucks and five with the Los Angeles Lakers. I still, to this day, my uncles, who are all in their uh, late 60s to early 70s, they always argue. They grew up in Southern California Uh, during the height of the UCLA reign when Lou Alcindor was the most transcendent college basketball player that had ever lived. And they always argue, they say, you young bucks, you guys love Jordan, but I'm telling you, you don't know anything about Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And they all argue that Kareem is the best player of all time. And when you look at his resume, if we're just talking about your accomplishments, I mean, the guy was a three-time Final Four most outstanding player. He won three consecutive national championships in college. And then... Had nothing but a dominant NBA career. He's a twenty-time All-Star. He's a six-time MVP. He's a five-time Finals MVP, and he's got six rings. Uh, he's the only guy that has a resume that compares to Jordan. But I feel like we never mentioned him in the conversation. I I think it's uh,
1: odd. I think people discredit stuff that happened so long ago. Sure. You know, like but Kareem kind of was winning happened. championships in the early '90s. Even. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I guess. I mean, the fact that he played for so long, and the fact that he was so consistent. And the fact that he, I mean, just statistically, he filled it up, and he scored more points than anybody in the history of the NBA.
1: But I also think, like, Will Chamberlain gets, um, you know, he doesn't get credit for as much as he should for, like, the 100-point game. and everything. Because sure. I think some of those guys back in the day were more unicorns. For sure. You know what I mean? Um, There's part of it. Compared to everyone around them. So, like, uh, and honestly, it, they get discredited for that almost. It's honestly sad as
0: well because Lavelle Cinder was a very um, – articulate and intellectual and outspoken person and he was also on the forefront of a lot of civil rights things and the fact that he changed his name i mean all of those things the guys that converted to the nation of islam during this completely tumultuous time in america i think a lot of times they they just get they get misremembered because at the time it was such a divisive and polarizing thing you know muhammad ali because he's such a transcendent personality, he emerged from the scrutiny. But when Cassius Clay won the gold medal and then became Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali was one of the most hated people on the in the in the world at that moment. And then he came back around because of just so many different factors. But I think the guys like Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Bill Russell went through the same thing. So, um, I I I get that there's also the narrative that oh, you know, Wilt Chamberlain was just playing against a bunch of six foot seven dads, and I think that that's completely overblown. There was quite a few pretty good big guys in the league back then. I mean, Willis Reed is a pretty good big guy. Artis Gilmore, pretty good big guy. So, And will and those guys all went against each other, too. So, I don't know. I, I just think that a lot of times we get we get drunk on Michael Jordan and the world he made. And then Jordan's absolutely exceptional. But there's a lot of pop culture and marketing and um, just star power that goes into the legend of Michael Jordan as well. It's not just the winning, right?
1: No, so much of it is just the aura. The aura. Yeah. I like, want to be like Mike. Yeah. Just, Everybody in the world wanted to be like Mike. Yeah. I mean, and he just, I mean, he changed the the whole landscape of basketball on a global. For sure. In a global world. For and sure. Like that is all encompassing. Like if you take away all of that and just looked at like the play on the court, he, it wouldn't nearly be the same For legacy, sure. you know, that he had.
0: Anybody out there that likes reading sports books that cross over into pop culture, there's been much written about Michael Jordan and, and justifiably so. But I think the best Jordan book, and I've read most of the main, you know, most famous ones, the Jordan rules and and all that. But Michael Jordan and the World He Made by David Halberstam is, in my opinion, the best Michael Jordan book, and probably, in my opinion, the best NBA book that's about a specific person ever written. Because it's not about really Jordan's relentless competitiveness or, you know, his winning titles. It's about the phenomenon of Michael Jordan. It's about how this happened. And they talk so much about David Falk, his agent. And the way that they went about getting these deals. I mean, some of it's just such it's such luck, right? I mean, to to be sitting there and be the guy that choose because Nike was nothing before Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan wasn't the guy that was getting the Converse contracts. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were. But just the confluence of events to have Michael Jordan become this perfect spokesperson, then they make him his own shoe, and then everybody in the world thinks if you wear the shoe, you're gonna be Superman. What a crazy moment in pop culture, right? It's, it's, it's never going to happen again. And it's not to take away from Jordan's legacy. I just think it's a huge, impactful part of his legacy.
1: For sure. Are we doing uh, my trivia now, or are we doing that later? Let's do it now. You? No, let's do it now. Okay, I wasn't sure. So, one second. It is
0: Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desper- Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. You're listening to Nuana's Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television giving you another basket of wings away. Give us a call again right now, 361-3688, 361-3688. We got another dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I enjoy myself the hot teriyaki. Which ones do Garlic you Garlic like? Parmesan. Garlic Parmesan is good, yeah. Because they
1: got good flavor and they have a kick too. Yeah, the yeah. hot ones, like, you know, and I could do hot. I love hot, but they do make me uh make the forehead sweat a little bit, you know, and and can get a little a bit, tiny bit uncomfortable. You know, I, I like I like hot but i don't like it where it's you know overbearing um but my trivia questions are i'm I'm doing the grizz jeopardy tonight with with uh three of the players full jeopardy style and the two categories are college nicknames as in mascots and nba nicknames and so i gotta i got a couple for you from that genre college umkc do you know what their mascot is
0: UMKC, I should know this because Xavier Bishop, the outstanding guard for Montana State, transferred from there. But I actually yep. do not know what their mascot. They
1: is. They are the kangaroos.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's an interesting mascot too because Xavier Bishop is uh he's so fast. It's yeah, like, he reminds you of a kangaroo.
1: I, I saw the kangaroos. I was like, and I had no idea that UMKC was the they were the kangaroos. So that that's kind of interesting. NBA nicknames, and I, and I'm gonna just redo the question like how I'm writing it for this Jeopardy segment. Okay. What former NBA guard... Had a decent career, but is more famously known for his and one handles and nickname Skip to My Lou. Rafer Alston. There you go. Ah, so so I Ray was going in the, in the newsroom today, and Ben Wyman and, and everyone else couldn't get that one. They, you
0: have to be a specific age to remember the phenomenon that was and one yep. mixtapes and and one shoes, period.
1: That's why I figured you would get it, but I think that's going to be that one will be very difficult for the current Grizz players because oh, they're for sure 10 years younger it's, than we it's
0: are. A su- it was a sweet spot <laughs> of a phenomenon. You, ha- you have to be between our ages. Like you and I are about three Three years apart. Yeah. You had to be I don't think people over the age of thirty six would get that. I don't think people under the age of twenty-eight are gonna get it either. I think that it was just this one moment in time.
1: Yeah, so I have so some of these um I think are gonna be a little bit more difficult than others. Um like I have like you know, Robert Ory's nickname in here. Um but this one might be difficult for them. So it isn't sure exactly how his nickname came to be, but Bulls star Dennis Rodman was sometimes referred to as what what was Dennis Rodman's nickname
0: oh man I know this too what is it
1: the worm the worm yeah yeah that uh, yeah. That one's and then um and then this one's just because he was one of like my uh, favorite players to watch on this team that was really fun but because of his neo-like athleticism what former Phoenix Sun is known as the Matrix Sean Marion yeah that's a
0: good one too I was thinking about that. I was watching. I was babysitting on Valentine's Day, so uh, my brother could have some time with his his bride. And, uh, of course, you know, what does Uncle Coco want to do? We're watching the best of the best of the NBA Slam dunk contests because my nephew's just think (laughs) dunking is the greatest. So we learned about Vince Carter and Sean Marion and Zach Levine and Amari Stoudemire, and it was it was a fun Sunday, to say the least. I love indoctrinating the children with the uh, that's, the YouTube videos. That's
1: awesome. The other, on, it was Sunday night um, as well that I, uh, you know, I've been letting my my six year old stay up a little bit later, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with me, and uh, I think he just mostly just wants to stay up late. He doesn't right. actually care about sitting there like watching sports with me as much, right? But. He'll do it because he gets to stay up late, and then sometimes he'll be just playing a switch. But we, we were watching the the Lakers game, nice, and uh, so now he he knows what a th- you know a three and a two and a free throw is and stuff. But when they got to a hundred points, like he he was just like watching casually, and then all of a sudden he's like. Dad, they have 104 a hundred and four points. And I was like, Yeah, he's like, that's so many. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if he continues to watch the NBA, he realized yeah. that's all every single game and he, he was, ever watched. He
1: was very excited that LeBron James is gonna um, be coming out with a Space Jam movie because Le- he, you know, knows Michael Jordan because of that. Yep. He sort of knows who LeBron James is because I, you know, talk about him and watch him, but I think he'll become a, a much more LeBron big LeBron James fan after the movie comes out this summer.
0: Nuana's now, Sean Rainey joining me. Coulter Nuana's right here on 1029 ESPN Missouri as well as statewide, SWX Montana Television. Got to get out because we got some NFL off-season conversations to be had. Back after this.
2: to more
0: Hey welcome back happy wednesday Thanks for listening in or tuning in, watching in, streaming in, whatever you might do. We appreciate it as Nuwana is now your favorite daily sports talk show right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX montana television sean rainey from swx montana joining me in studio as he does each and every wednesday talk about nfl work probably gonna, this is probably a trickle in we're probably gonna finish this conversation in the second hour so stay tuned if you're intrigued but uh because we only have a couple minutes before we got to get to shante leggins top of the hour Easter washington head men's basketball coach is going to join us for the espn roundtable so stay tuned for that here in about oh i'd say 10 minutes uh, but, Sean, we haven't talked NFL in a little while, and we were in a great groove of talking NFL each and every week for your Make It Rainy podcast as well as on this show. Uh, so I'm itching for some NFL. Uh, there's been some moves made. There's a bunch of other moves being speculated to be made. So the, my first question for you is, what did you think of the Matt Stafford trade to the Rams?
1: I I mean, I think the Rams are better now. Um, I think Matt Stafford is in the eight. To twelve range of best quarterbacks in the NFL, and is
0: that good enough to win you Super Bowl? Yes, I think so too.
1: But they have some massive cap issues with their team, and they're—I know their—you know their number two pass rusher, their number two corner, and their best safety are all free agents, and they're probably not going to be able to keep more than two. I only think they're going to be able to keep one, and so I, I don't know how good they can be moving forward, especially with you know so many picks. I mean, you can only you know I I think that sometimes picks can be overblown a little bit. Um, like oh man, we can't give up a first round pick, blah, blah blah. But if you go if you go back and just look at all the first round picks every single year, like half of them are busts. You know, so like I think sometimes picks are overvalued a little bit when you're talking about. Like, they made the trade where they gave up a couple first for Jalen Ramsey. Like, and everyone's like, man, that's so much for a corner. Like, well, he has completely changed their defense and their team. For like, sure. Because a guy like that can take away, like, half the field, you know? And so...
0: And I mean, the chances of you drafting a guy like that is so rare. I mean, you're not exactly. You might like, get a good, solid guy, but to get an, actually one of the best players in the NFL, you, it's yeah, it's such a small percentage that you're going to get them.
1: But the issue is, you can only do that every now and then because the whole point of wanting those first-round picks is because you hope to get guys and then you have them for four or five years on the cheap, and right. you. So when you get when you like, so I think you can have a balance of. Doing a Jalen Ramsey trade, but then you also have to hit on your other young draft picks, and you can't give all of them away, which is what the Rams have been doing. Right. So I don't think I don't know if their strategy can work long term when you're giving up so much draft capital moving forward. But I mean, next year they they should be a lot better. Um, I don't understand really the trade for the as as a, if I'm a Lions fan.
0: I don't really... Well, do you, I mean, at this point, do you even understand anything the Lions do if you're a Lions fan? The Lions ha- are the most hopeless... They are the most stuck. They they can never... They're so bad at, at managing their roster that they can never even be bad enough to just get the number one overall pick. They're just in this no-man's land where exactly. they're just going 6-10 like, every like, year. I don't
1: want golf. Like, I'd rather just go full rebuild and just sure. go with... Anybody else, like you know, someone that's like terrible. I think mean, golf's still okay, but I don't, you know, not like they're gonna be good. But like, I don't know. I that the NFC <laughs> NFC West is going to be gnarly. Like it's gonna be gnarly, especially if the Niners trade for a quarterback. I know, and that's it's gonna be very interesting to see how that works. I still think that they could maybe move, like you know, maybe make a trade up in the draft and get one of these young guys. Like I don't, like I rather try. I rather shoot my shot with Zach Wilson or you know Trey Lance like one of these young guys than some of these like retread quarterbacks like like I rather have one of those guys than Carson Wentz interesting see I think that there's an
0: an ability and opportunity here too where just a change in scenery could accelerate the performance of a lot of different guys I think Stafford has been uh, exceptionally good in a bad situation and I mean, he led the play- the Lions in the playoffs twice. That's an amazing accomplishment. I mean he should he should be recognized for that because the Lions don't make the playoffs. No, for,
1: I like Stafford for sure. But Go-
0: but I guess Goff though could who some could say he's getting away from McVeigh. So it's a bad thing because McVeighs a great. Quarterback mentor, but some could say fresh start. He could be better. To me, when I watch Wentz, Wentz is one of the most talented guys in the league. Wentz, the whole thing with Wentz is between the ears. He he lost his confidence. But if he gets a new home or a new
1: coach, like if Wentz end, ends up in San Francisco, don't you think that's nice? Isn't that a nice fit? Yeah, I mean they certainly would be better than than with Garoppolo, and I, I could see that working. But if I'm the like if I'm the Niners, I rather I I just. I like the 49ers so much and I believe in Shanahan's offense and his scheme so much that I rather get a cheaper guy that isn't like a reclamation project sure. like Carson Wentz because I'm betting on myself and if you can get a, a talented guy that doesn't come with that paycheck, I rather go someone other than the Wentz route. But I mean if Garoppolo has a, is getting paid a lot too. So I rather have Wentz over Garoppolo if you're both paying him similar money.
0: Our number one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. We're going to hear more from Travis DeCure. We're also going to talk more about the NFL. But first, we're going to hear from Shante Leggins. He's the head men's basketball coach for the Eastern Washington Eagles, and he will join us on our ESPN roundtable right after this. It's Nuana's Now right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television.